but that on the good ground. Are they who in a good and perfect heart, hearing the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit in patience, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The pedagogy of the church, the way the church teaches us, the way the church illuminates us, the way the church plants the seed of the Word of God in our hearts during this season of Septuagesima Tide, a kind of pre-Lent, and during the sacred season of Lent itself, this pedagogy of the church is a wondrous thing. You see, on each of the Sundays of Septuagesima Tide and Lent, the Church presents us with one of the patriarchs. It's almost as if they're called out, and Mother Church says, on Septuagesima Sunday, here is Adam. Recognize in Adam Christ. And today on Sexagisma Sunday, the church calls Noah to occupy the center of the stage. And addressing us, the church says, here today is Noah. Look at Noah and in him see Christ. And next Sunday, Queen Quagesima Sunday, the Church will introduce us once again to our father Abraham, saying, Here is Abraham. Come to know him, and in Abraham know Christ. And on the following Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent, Isaac is presented to us. Isaac, the victim. Isaac, who says to his father, Father, here is the wood and here is the fire, but where is the lamb? And Abraham, with a trembling in his heart, answers, Son, God himself will provide the lamb, that is, the victim. And on the second Sunday of Lent, the church says, Here is Jacob. Look upon Jacob. Learn from him, and you will discover Christ. And on the third Sunday of Lent, Joseph. Here is Joseph sold into slavery in Egypt. <coughs> Here is Joseph, who provided for his own in time of famine. Come to know Joseph, and in him recognize Christ. And on the fourth Sunday of Lent, the church will bring forth Moses. 
Look at Moses. Consider the life of Moses. And through Moses come to know Christ. And of course, all of these patriarchs presented to us in Septuagesima Tide and in Lent will be brought back in the Easter Vigil. And so, in the lessons and in the chants of the Easter Vigil, they will again come forward. And with us, acclaim the risen Christ in all his glory. So today, I should say since last evening, we have been spending time with Noah. Noah today stands alongside of someone else, St. Paul, the Apostle of the Nations. Today is, oh, you might call it St. Paul's Sunday in the Church's calendar. First of all, because the Stational Mass today uh, in Rome, uh, different churches were chosen for the Sunday celebrations, and the Mass on the days of the stational churches is always related in some way to the patron saint of the church. And today, uh, the stational church is St. Paul without the walls. Uh, whenever we find in our missal that little phrase, the stational church is, that is an invitation to make a spiritual pilgrimage. And so today, we are invited to transport ourselves spiritually to the Basilica of St. Paul without the walls, and there to pray at the tomb of the Apostle of the Nations. And what was the mission of St. Paul, if not to scatter the good seed of Christ far and wide? And so, the Gospel of today's Mass is related to St. Paul, St. Paul is the sower of the seed. Now, Noah, too, is charged with not sowing the seed, but with preserving the seed. You know, the seed in the Bible, seed is always a kind of sacrament with a small s. A sacrament conceals something divine, a divine action, a divine work, and so the seed that signifies the Word of God, the seed contains within itself divine life. When the seed is sown in our hearts, it is the seed of divine life. And when God, oh, we heard it this morning in the lesson at Matins, that most poignant passage from Genesis, God himself 
Dare I say it? God himself, sorely distressed at the ravages of sin in his beautiful and good creation. Oh, when we read it, there's something very moving about it. One almost feels pity for God because the passage from Genesis said, and now God found that earth was full of men's iniquities and that the whole frame of their thought was set continually on evil. And here it comes, this most poignant phrase. And he, God, repented of having made men on the earth at all. And the passage goes on to say, so smitten with grief to the depths of his heart. Well, this is, this is extraordinary. This revelation of a broken-hearted God. A broken-hearted God. So smitten with grief to the depths of his heart, he said, I will blot out mankind, my creature, from the face of the earth. In this passage, we are given a window, as it were, into the mind of God. And yet, although God considered the total destruction of his creation, including man, he reconsidered. And he commanded Noah to build an ark. And the ark was to contain the seed. The seed that hides and protects that divine spark in every man. And so the seed was preserved in the ark. In view of what? A new beginning. And when Noah emerges from the ark, what, what does he do? to signify this new beginning, he builds an altar. And so too did we hear this uh, at Matins this morning. Edificavit Noe altare domino. Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour and he blessed Noah and said, Now, now, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. All of this mystery of Noah and of the ark points to the heart of Jesus, which is the true ark. 
if you really want to understand the meaning of Noah's Ark, you have to go to Calvary and stand there with the Blessed Virgin Mary and the beloved disciple and look upon him whom they have pierced. I say this because in the hymn at Vespers, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Church sings, Our heartless sins direct the thrust of driven spear by soldier held. Our hell-deserving guilt hath pressed the cruel steel within his breast. Now, the soldier's lance that pierced the side of Jesus is in some way the undoing of the flaming sword wielded by the cherubim set to guard the gates of paradise. That thrust of the soldier's spear opens paradise to us and at the same time becomes the door in the side of the ark, that wound in the sight of Jesus. And so the hymn at the Feast of the Sacred Heart goes on to sing, Leaps forth the church from riven heart of Christ her spouse upon the cross. His open side, here it comes, his open side, the ark's wide door, becomes heaven's gate for Gentiles' wheel. <clears throat> Genti ad salutem positum. And this brings us back to St. Paul, the Apostle of the Gentiles. St. Paul sows everywhere the seed of the Word of God, and when that seed falls into receptive hearts, obedient hearts, humble hearts, those hearts are filled with divine life, and so cross the threshold into the ark that is the church, the ark that is the heart of Christ. Oh, there are so many mysteries in today's Mass. If I were to attempt to speak of all of them, we would be here until Vespers. <laughs> so I shall not. Nonetheless, there is something in the mouth of the Apostle that each one of us needs to hear, to hear again, to remember. This Apostle Paul, in his own way, a kind of Noah, this Apostle Paul, the sower of seed, the communicator of divine life to the souls of men, speaks of himself. He says, Gladly will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And this he says in response to that word of Jesus to him. Paul, experiencing his brokenness, his weakness, his utter incapacity to carry out the mission given him by Christ, 
rather like Noah when he was told to build the ark. Paul wonders, in a way not unlike the wondering of the Virgin at the Annunciation, how can this be? How shall this be? Yes, I've been lifted up into heaven, but I've come back down. And I'm faced with my weakness, with my brokenness. And Jesus, taking pity on Paul, says to him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for power is made perfect in infirmity. And so, this ark is also a kind of hospital. Those who went into the ark were saved from certain death. And we, who are called, summoned into the ark that is the heart of Christ, and into the ark that is his church, are saved from certain death. Saved with our infirmity and with our brokenness. For the heart of Jesus, like the church of Jesus, is a place of healing. We are not disqualified by our infirmities and brokenness, but entering into the heart of Jesus, and into the heart of the church, we find that hospital prepared for us by God, wherein all our infirmities can be healed, all our weaknesses transformed into power. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.